BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast. Happy... Thursday. It feels like a Monday also. Like it's what a, a week. It's a confusing day, but it's Thursday. Congratulations. You made it to the latter half of the week. Acknowledge that. Be proud of yourself. Pat yourself on the back. I know I am because I'm here. I'm in New York and it's it's back to the good old days. It's OG recipe. Original recipe. Jackson Claude. New, New York, York studio. Pink chairs. Bryce is here. Strice is not here. Strice is not here, no. I said Bryce. Yes, yes, yes. But it's not like a Bryce and Strice affair. I feel like Bryce needed his own show. Like, he has had a hard time. You know, yesterday it was all good and fun. His auntie was staying at his house. Next thing he knows, I'm gone. Yeah. And it's been hard for Bryce to adjust to. And so we needed a special moment. Brew is in New York. And he's thriving here. Speaking of hard, yesterday (laughs) I traveled with you and Harry for the first time. I've never traveled... With a baby, I don't think so. We've traveled once as a family with Kayla, but there was like eight adults to one kid. It didn't seem like such a big deal. Uh Um, This time it was me, you, and Ben, Theo, and Roldini. And the way I'm not okay, and I did, again, 5%, like literally was just like doing the fun stuff. I'm not okay. It's backbreaking. Backbreaking. And then like when we got, you, you got to your your room and you hours later we got on the phone like you're editing the redheads I'm like wow she really does it all like passion projects motherhood it's it's admirable truly thank you so much well it's exciting to be here and you just have the adrenaline it's crazy like the energy that you muster when it's required when it's required no that's like life yeah um but You're back in New York, and isn't it like a fabulous time in New York? Oh my God, it's a fabulous time to be in New York. Bryce and I were walking down the street, and I don't think you've ever seen two more fabulous people. It's gorgeous weather. Feeling ourselves, feeling our look, like feeling this city. It's um, like holiday season, like it's starting. This energy that I'm putting forth, like I know I'm going to get punched in the face on the walk home. You know, you deserve it too. Like someone's going to spit in your mouth. shoved and brought back down to earth. It's literally like that scene in 30 Rock where everything couldn't be going for Liz, better for Liz Lemon. She's running through the streets, and a homeless man spits in her mouth. Yeah. That's you. That's going to be me and Bryce. But no, it's glorious to be here on such a week as this. We are working. You're here because we have an event. We are like literally like event girlies tonight. We have a holiday party. And then it's your B-Day. It was his 30th birthday. So I decided to make a weekend out of it. And I'm really glad that I did. I was going to do a weekend in Florida. But things weren't panning out. And then this work thing came up. And I was like, what if we just went to New York? And Harry's just like in New York. Yeah. He's literally Eloise. He loves New York. He's literally Baby's Day Out. I've been saying that Harry looks like the baby from Baby's Day Out. And now that he's in New York, like I know while you're out working, he's at the zoo. I need to go watch that movie again. I watched it recently because they weirdly have it on like Delta or United. And when I tell first of all, Cynthia Nixon is in it, which is just bizarre. Um, It is such a sweet movie. Like you will love it, even though like at its core, it's like a thriller. Like the baby gets kidnapped right and baby's on his own right so at its core like it probably if you're a mom like will actually give you anxiety of course but like the baby was never really in any danger right like the people who kidnapped him were like completely inept and he was kidnapped for all of four seconds before home alone like he's technically under siege no it's we're enjoying this fun family film yeah like it's technically an episode of law and order yeah but he's okay he's hostage in his own home no that's so so true and like Baby's Day Out is even more harrowing because it's like a toddler. Like at least Kevin McAllister, like you know, had the brain and the the mobility to entrap the the kidnappers. Yes, but 
this baby does not have set abilities. No, he does not. Also, you mentioned the redheads, which I just want to thank you for. Of course. The episode is not up yet um, because I was editing last night and then it got too late. So it's almost done being edited and it will be up today as soon as the toast is over. Um, just things got things got crazy. No, like the moguls, but we kind of like out-moguled ourselves because like we the redheads- too close to the sun. Because the redheads is like slightly delayed. Our Patreon, our first Patreon vlog of the month went up last night. It had to be taken down and re-edited. So like that one's going to be up today. Like we truly have out-moguled ourselves. Yeah, we were going too fast. Maybe we should start a new segment, out-mogul yourselves. At gmail.com. <laughs> Um, so we've got a fabulous show. It's Thursday. We've got some measly stories. No TV recap because I ch- like, couldn't watch any TV last night. And like, I'm genuinely done with the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Like, it's not even on my plate anymore because this is not my plate. Genuinely done, except I saw a headline today that I thought was interesting. Like, I guess on last night's episode, Whitney Rose revealed that her husband was fired from his job because of that scene where they're like painting, body painting in the bedroom. You know the scene. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. What does he do? I don't know. I didn't click it. I just saw the headline. I do always find stuff like that interesting when there's like ramifications for a housewife's family. Like sometimes their kids are asked to like go to a different school. Um, Their husbands lose their jobs. Like Louis from Jersey recently like was asked to leave his company that he started, which like made no sense. Um, So I do always find that really interesting. That's sad. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you get into a position when you're on one of these shows, like sometimes like the wife starts making more money than the man and I feel like in a lot of the situations before like the wives weren't working yeah and I mean I have to watch the episode but also when you think about like Wild Rose and like everything they invested into it and now it's like even more pressure if oh yikes not, if he doesn't have that job maybe he got a different job yikes yeah oh okay that is interesting um and so are we you know we're like two beautiful girls with a beautiful podcast and you're welcome <laughs> for that you really are so I guess without further ado, we could jump right in. I guess. Like, we have nothing really else to talk about. We were just, like, busy all day yesterday. Yesterday was a travel day. You guys saw us. I can't believe we did the toast yesterday. Like, did as much. And it, regular time, regular mm-hmm. episode. Like, did everything that we did in the last 24 hours. No, when I got into bed last night, I'm like, Ben, I cannot believe I did the toast today. Like, it, it, that it was the same day. Four different days. There was something. Oh, um. There was something that happened, like, two days ago. Uh, yesterday, and I was talking about it with Zach. I was like, well, yesterday this happened. I was like. Was that yesterday or, or was today. that last week? Oh, yeah. You totally. Know? Totally. It was crazy. Um, so I'm so happy for you, like, being here. It feels like old times. Just like, you know, us back in studio. Just regular girls, New York City podcasters. Yeah. It's nice. It is nice. We'll have to do some New York City tings after this. Empire State Building? Morgan Library. <laughs> the Morgan Ladders. The Morgan Ladders are actually at the Morgan are they? Library. They should be. It's Morgan's Library. But Sonia was like in Pennsylvania when oh, she said no, that. Probably those letters. Mm. But I'm sure Morgan has many, many letters. And I think the hub of Morgan paraphernalia would be at the Morgan Library. Do you think Sonia Morgan has ever been to the Morgan Library? Yes. Perhaps when she was a Morgan. No, I meant like recently. I don't know how the library feels about Sonia Morgan today yeah no that's it's a very serious library yeah and it's the library behind the book the personal librarian so it's a really great read do you know that Dumois said that she hears like Beverly Hills Housewives is going on the same type of hiatus that New York Housewives is going on like they're doing some sort of restructure I heard that I don't believe that that doesn't make make sense to me no that would make no sense I feel like Beverly Hills this season was just as good as any other season I feel like maybe with Beverly Hills, they film the reunion, the reunion airs, and then they start filming again a week later. Maybe that's not happening this year. Right. But they're not going to go the route of New York, I don't think. The, I mean, that would literally make no sense. Like, New York wasn't even good enough to have a reunion, and Beverly Hills had a three-part reunion. Yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense. But I do think maybe they're taking, like, a minute to figure out the Kathy-Lisa stuff, because they definitely want Kathy back. Kathy won't return if Lisa's there. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what they're working out. Perhaps. Or they're just taking a longer break than normal. Maybe the women are a little burnt out. There was also a rumor that Cynthia Bailey um, and someone else, I forget who. Uh, Heather Dubrow. No. I saw Cynthia Bailey and someone and we're talking about. Yes, but then there was also, um, because we reported that they sold their house for like a record, the Dubrows, um, a record amount and that they bought a penthouse in LA and like she's perhaps going to be on Beverly Hills Housewives. Got it. And honestly, I don't see it. No. She, like, yes, she's, you know, the, it's easy to be the most glamorous woman in Orange County. I don't think she would cut it, honestly. 
And her personality, I don't think, would mix well. Yeah, because the thing about the Beverly Hills Housewives is like, yeah, they're all rich and fancy, but like they throw down too. And like yeah. they get messy. And like one thing about Heather, like she's a great housewife, but she never got messy. And like you need a little bit of that. Yeah. To survive. Mm-hmm. So those were just some things people were saying on the internet, which is meaningless. A conversation we were literally just having right before this. We were. Yeah. Just goes to show. You really need to be careful about, careful about what you consume on the internet. No, and it's like, it's just the way thing, people say things with such authority. It's like, why wouldn't you just assume they know what they're talking about? Right, right. And then like, yeah, whatever. Um, okay, should we dive in? Let's dive in yeah. to the Fast Five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite of your toast. And today's episode is brought to you by ZocDoc, a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten your teeth, fix an achy back, get that mold checked out, or removed. ZocDoc has you covered. So ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant, getting delivery to your house. You just search, find, and book doctors with a few taps. It can be really, really hard to find a doctor. One, if you like move to a new area, it's like hard to find a good recommendation. Then one who takes your insurance. Then one who's in a good location, like near your work or your house. So ZocDoc has really kind of revitalized the, the doctor industry, if I do say so myself. You can find and review local doctors, read verified patient reviews from real people who have made real appointments, and when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com, find the right doctor that is right for you, and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. We are two of them. It is our go-to whenever we need to find and book a quality doctor. Obviously, you just moved, so ZocDoc has been huge for you. When I travel for work, I'm like so susceptible to like toothaches, rashes, like I'm always getting mysterious illnesses when I travel and if I'm on tour and I have a day off like I will go to ZocDoc and try and find a doctor who can take me who's on my insurance who can take me that day and it's been actually really really helpful for me speaking of toothache coincidence you have a toothache I do and it's making me realize I need to get on ZocDoc and find a dentist oh do you not have a new dentist yet in Florida not yet and you can you can tell you can bet your arse you're going to ZocDoc.com slash toast I think I need to go to ZocDoc to find a dentist who can give me veneers I'm ready for my big teeth (laughs) I'm ready for my big teeth era. I'm ready for that for you too, to mock you endlessly. <laughs> Go to ZocDoc.com slash toast, download the, download the ZocDoc app for free, then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash toast, ZocDoc.com slash toast. It's wickedly talented. The wickedly talented doctors Z- at ZocDoc.com slash toast. The wickedly talented ZocDoc.com slash toast. Gorgeous. Yet welcome. Our first story. It's really sexy news, you guys. So oh my like, God. So weird. Olivia just texted me. At the dentist, wish me luck. She has to get a tooth pulled. Oh, goodness. Best gracious. wishes, girly. Go to ZocDoc.com. If you're not happy with how he does. Right, right. If you have any complaints. Dot, dot, slash toast. Don't forget about that. Did I? You did when you just said that. How embarrassing. Yeah. Our first story is really sexy news. So like if there's kids around, like you might want you might want to cover their ears. Cover Bryce's ears. Oh, my angel. Ina Garten's husband, Jeffrey, accidentally sent an NSFW text to her publicist. I really like that little um, jingle you put on Jeffrey. There's no other way to say you it. You have to say it like Ina would. Jeffrey's coming home from Yale. I think I'll make a roast chicken. For Jeffrey. <laughs> Ina recalled on the Drew Barrymore show episode airing next Monday that the economist, wow. The what? Jeffrey is an economist. But he was a professor. Of the economy. Mm, well, of if econ. I'm a gym teacher, am I a professional athlete? Like, no. You would be a, um, you would, we could say athlete. I literally would love to be a gym teacher. Like, I cannot but lie. you might have been an economist first turned yeah. professor. That's how things work. Like, I, that's like, you know, a, a, NBA player then becoming like the coach of the yeah, kids basketball Steve team. Nash. The, no, or of the NBA. <laughs> or of the NBA. Sure. No, because if he went from the NBA to his kids basketball team, like that's a step down. He's still you know? a coach. He's, I don't Ain't know. Ain't it good to be the coach? Now I'm confusing myself. You told me that Inside Amy Schumer's coming back. Yes. I'm like really to excited. Paramount or Peacock, one of the P's, it is coming back. I recently... And you, you like made me doubt myself because I thought I saw it and I thought Dana sent it to me. And then I told you it was coming back. You're like, no, it's not. And I'm like, yeah, no, maybe it was like a 
spoof or something. And then I saw it again that the, the, it is coming back to one of the streamers. So I never even watched it when it was on. I wasn't oh, like was a fan the of Amy Schumer. Ever. But I became obsessed. You showed me Ain't It Good to Be the Coach, her spoof on Friday Night Lights. And then I went down like a rabbit hole and watched like all the sketches. And I'm genuinely excited for it. I hope it's good. Yeah, I hope it's good. I really hope it's There's like, a big chance that it's not. I like, know. And that it's just miserable and, and like political which is corny is like so and like predictable yeah kind of like snl honestly yes, you yes. know i hope like she's like there was also a sketch where it's like a bunch of women meet up in the park and like they run into each other and they're like oh my god i love your sweater and it's like how women can't take a compliment yeah so like a new woman keeps coming up it's like oh my god i love your sweater thanks i found it in the dumpster did you get your haircut yeah literally like <laughs> i burned all my hair off like it was so um like on the nose of what it's like to be a woman and i hope she keeps that like energy it was so relatable yeah and i hope that she says something new fresh yeah. you know yeah not just like recycling the jokes that everyone says now yes yeah sorry like total tangent from Ina total tangent but apparently Jeffrey the economist texted Ina's He's publicist, texted Ina's publicist saying you're gonna be delicious tonight the TV cook shared that her publicist and longtime friend's hilarious response was, I don't think this was meant for me. When Drew asked whether Ina, uh, whether her publicist turned bright red, the Food Network personality replied, I didn't see it, but I imagine so. Like, I mean, not if you had asked me, like, what kind of sex does Jeffrey send? That's what I would have chosen. He's nothing if not predictable. He's on brand. I just want to say, like, maybe it's me being, like, a conspiracy theorist, but I feel like Jeffrey and the publicist are having some sort of an affair, and, like, this is Ina's way of getting ahead of it. Like, going, doing press, talking about sexed Jeffrey's, Jeffrey sends. Like, that's not Ina's vibe. When I first saw the headline, I thought the same thing. Like, Jeffrey was caught sending a sexy text to the publicist. Like, what is Jeffrey up to? But given the content of the text, it was meant for a chef. That's so true. So he might have said something about, like, oh, you're going to be so on public display play tonight if it was for a publicist you know i can't wait to relate to those public titties i can't wait to release your presses it's like <laughs> oh no i can't wait to press my release into you <laughs> that's what it would say that sounds like something from one of your a hundred percent they're always calling it a release in like those porn books yeah um or his manhood his sex that's what they say not the sex i could feel his sex yeah that's what they say um I mean, I could go on. Like, for for women, they always call it a slit, which is, like, really Or, vulgar. like, if it's a more literary, a bundle, flower. A bundle of nerves. <laughs> That's what they say sometimes, too. That's pretty good. No, you have to get creative. You can always say, like, cock so many times, you know? Yeah. No, that's why it's crazy when they're just like, big old penis. They never and say actual why, anatomical. No, but that's why it happened one summer was so jarring. Yes. Because they, like, I think he was, like, calling it her pussy. Like, it no. was... Wild. For me, it happened one summer was so jarring because you recommended it to me. Oh, yes. But I it, I did recommend it by saying, like, this is the spiciest book I've ever read. But I think what made it so spicy was, like, their dirty talk was, like, dirty. No, no. I mean, I've read books where they literally say, cunt. That's weird. Because at this point, like... It's a slur. A cunt is not a vagina. No, it's literally a slur. And that's, like, what are you reading? Game of Thrones? <laughs> literally. Like, they only use that in mid medieval times. Yeah. When the word meant what it meant. Vagina. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I could start a list of, like, words, euphemisms, but um, I guess we can get back to Ina and Jeffrey. We can get back to Ina and Jeffrey. So this is just, like, a funny moment from America's sweethearts, really. You know, like, not them being relatable again, you know? Again, also, this article, like, just was trying to find stuff to talk about Ina and make it longer, so I have to keep scrolling. <laughs> but there is an Ina fun fact that I'm obsessed with. Have you heard about her engagement chicken? Yes. Um, Emily Blunt made it for John Krasinski. Really? Like, Ina has this chicken that she that people say, like, if you make it for your boyfriend, like, he will love it so much he'll want to propose to you because it's, like, amazing homemaker. By the way, we And Meghan Markle made it for Prince Harry. Okay, by the way, we've also heard that story about Grammy and Pop. Like, our grandparents, like, our grandfather fell in love with our grandma when he came over and she was, like, bent over the oven pulling out a big roast chicken from the oven. It was a brisket. Uh, her brisket was fire. But, recipes. Um, there's something, yes. There's something to that whole notion. Like, Ina didn't invent that, but yes. Yeah, but, like, she, apparently she has, like, an amazing recipe that it's her famous roast chicken. Look it up. If I should make it. Like, I love to, roast chicken. If you're trying, look how gorgeous it looks. I should make it, too. That actually is like exactly what I want for dinner tonight yeah but like oh I have to cook it do you want your dinner now the way oh, you know what's so funny I was thinking about this last night because we had a conversation about how certain random movie 
lines lines like stick with certain family members and i think a lot of people i saw a lot of like comments and people like were making tiktoks about how like they really related to that sentiment where it's like random obscure movie lines that like your family for some reason like really always says oh that's a great tiktok trend were people really doing that yes yeah, and everyone so, do that clip that segment and then talk about the lines so m- last night me and ben were talking and we like said something and i realized it was one of those things it is the most obscure reference it's from an episode of my 600 pound life <laughs> Where this guy, he gets, he's obviously 600 pounds. He's in the footrest. Yes. <laughs> and so he ends up getting married um, to this woman who has a daughter. And he literally turns this, his new stepdaughter, like, into a servant. Like, her full-time job is, like, fetching things for him. So when, in the beginning of the episode, we're, like, trying to get, you know, context on how he lives his life. He's like, quay, quay. Go on and fetch me my footrest. And for some reason, me and Ben cannot stop saying it. Literally, because the joke is that like Ben is quay quay. <laughs> and you need a footrest. And I'm always like, Ben, will you fetch me a Diet Coke? So like I, last night I had one of those moments where I was like, wow, that is such a niche random reference. Yes, that is us. Also, what's more crazy about us is like so many of our references are self-references like me from your special yes. obviously I want my dinner now no that's what started this whole conversation because yeah. when I was staying at your house for literally two weeks um every time we mentioned dinner I was like both of us I want my dinner now <laughs> and like if you don't know what that's from like get a grab get a grip watch the toast um you know it's another really niche reference but I feel like maybe other people's family has it too I have it with like my friends from high school from Spanglish yes because you have it with your friends from high school and my college friends have it with their family separately and like one time you guys were talking someone about it someone said it I'm like oh, did we you were just, like shopping and someone was like just, just try, try it, it on <laughs> and I was like did you just Spanglish and by the way I actually recently watched Spanglish and it is like such a good movie I should I don't know that I've ever watched it in full because like with a, an appreciation for it you know what I mean I feel like I've only seen it here and there I actually think you would love it I gotta add it to my list Do yeah. I have a movie list oh you know what that actually just that's reminded a, that's me that's a good we family movie for the holidays everyone when you're done watching crawdads it is I wanted to get um you know like those kids toys that were like little clipboards and like you would like have like a little pen attached and like I think we should start writing down our list because I wanted like a cute clipboard if could we just write that down I want to get one on Amazon okay so I'm making I have a list of movies that like we're obsessed with. Right. This is going to be family movies list. Spanglish. Crawdads. Crawdads. Um, family movies. Murder on the Orient. Holidays oh. are coming up, so you need to start getting a list of movies together that like most people in your family, different ages and interests would like, and that's not awkward and like sexy. Yes. Also, uh, any Agatha Christie. We watched Death on the Nile, which wasn't amazing. It was fine. But it was fine. It was fine. Um, And then we have like our favorite movies segment. And I only have three. What's your number? Mm. Tad Hamilton. So good. Bad teacher. So good. I feel like we can da- we can expand on that. Yeah, now that we know that the list is here, we'll keep adding to it. But um, also things, another list, things I plan on doing sometime before I pass away, making this chicken. Yes, me too. No, and if you have like a man's coming over, like make the chicken. No, and if you're like trying to get engaged, like you know you're, this is the guy for you, make the chicken. But don't make, make it if, he, if you don't know if he's the guy for you because then you'll be stuck with him. Also, don't make it if like you're... Because will be so obsessed with you. If you're like a bad cook. Like. No, but I think that's like the point of it. It's like idiot proof. I think. Roast chickens are like very easy to make. You put it all in a pan and then you just put it in the oven for the amount of time that Ina says. It's literally called the engagement roast chicken on her website. It's at foodnetwork.com and it looks pretty doable. I've never made a whole chicken. Olivia makes it good. Yeah. I feel like once I do it once, I'll get comfortable. Yes. The cook time is an hour 35 prep time is five minutes sure sure literally sure if you're Ina my prep time for everything is an hour I feel like people don't really talk about how Ina's name is like literally the latter half of vagina no they don't like has anyone else thought of that like yeah obviously right not me the bundle of nerves next they'll be calling it your Ina yet Ina yet Ina oh my god you're funny Thank you. It means so much coming from my favorite comedian. Thank you. That means so much coming from my favorite comedian. And I am a comedian because I have a podcast in the comedy category. You are a comedian. I think so. You're, yeah, you're a comedian. Cool. You're a humor podcaster. I'm a humor podcaster. (laughs) I'm a podcaster with humor. Is there a reason you're not going to the second story? I, no, because I was just soaking up the compliments. Mm. Okay, I just felt like you were dilly-dallying, like you were waiting for me to do something. I actually love our second story. Jennifer Lawrence said that Adele, can I keep calling her Adele though? 
Adele told me not to star in Passengers, and I should have listened to her. Jennifer Lawrence revealed in a new interview with the New York Times that none other than Adele warned her not to star in Passengers, the 2016 romance space drama, co-starring Chris Pratt and directed by Morton Tildem. The movie is one of Jennifer's most notori notorious critical bombs with a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes score. Is that audience or critic? Because one matters, the other doesn't. 100%. Jen cited Passengers as one film in her post-Hunger Games career where she felt her fans' dismay over her career. She was like, quote, oh no, you guys are here because I'm here and I'm here because you're here. Wait, who decided that this was a good movie? Um, she said, Adele told me not to do it. She was like, I feel like space movies are the new vampire movies. I should have listened to her. That's actually like really wise from Adele. She said, after Hunger Games, I was not pumping out the quality that I should have and um, Passengers and films like it led her to step away from the spotlight. Quote, I just think everybody had gotten sick of me. I'd gotten sick of me. It had just gotten to a point where I couldn't do anything right. If I walked a red carpet, it was, why didn't she run? Um, I actually don't no, remember it did, that way. She got to that point. Not in her movies. That's not how I feel. Right. But in like her red carpet. The tripping. And it, she was just everywhere. It was like very Anne Hathaway. Yes. I was going to say, I don't think it really got to the level that Anne Hathaway got it to it. Because, because I think she removed she, herself so She's quickly. really self-aware. She, she got right out of it. She got right out of it. Exactly. Um, but also another uh, bombshell, I think from the same interview, is that she has decided not to play Elizabeth Holmes. Like there was a movie being made and she said, Amanda Seyfried did such a good job. Like, why are we doing it again? Wow. And so she said she's not doing it anymore. Maybe like this Passengers thing has her looking really critically yeah. at No, and like Amanda Seyfried like, was nominated for like every award. She was really incredible. I watched like a couple of episodes. So I don't think it's a story that needs to be told again in the same year. And it was great. And the story was told. And there are so many stories out there. Like, go find another one. Watch any, watch the whole season of American Greed and there would be so right. many movies that you could make. What about that tree farmer who the woman came in and like totally conned him out of all of his life savings Aww. and his family's tree farm that had been Was the woman family. named Jen Shaw? No. And like, she came with her daughter and then she had like the daughter being like the mistress. Like, it's very heartbreakers. And it was heartbreaking for me because the, the guy lost his ancestral tree farm Aww. and now it's like raised to the ground. Oh. That's horrible. Make a movie about that. Make a movie about that. Um, so J-Law's just like, obviously, in her transparent era. And we love that. Yes. Except I will say, I saw Passengers. I don't know why. Oh. I, like, I saw it in the movies. I guess I, I wanted to go to the movies. And I didn't hate it. It obviously wasn't great, but it was fine. You know, Passengers is, for me, I think um, it is the movie where a lot of people speculated that she was having an affair with Chris Pratt. And well, that was the one where they said, like, for the intimate scenes, they just had a bottle of wine and went at it. Right. And then, like, he was divorced shortly after that. So I think, like, image-wise, that also wasn't great for her. That could be part of the reason why she, like, regrets the, the choice. Hmm. Again, not none of it is confirmed, but... And also, I mean, her other movies, including Hunger Games, like, that's huge in its own way, but, like, Silver Linings Playbook, like, the one with, you know, the guy in the glasses... Yeah, American Hustle. American Hustle, thank you. Really, all Oscar contenders. You know, and then after that, it was like she did a movie a year, and it was Oscar, 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 Oscar. Yeah, but Passengers... Winter's Bone. Passengers is not that. That was her first movie. Before Gen Hunger Before Games? Before Hunger Games, yeah. No, her first movie. I know it. What? I feel like I've said this before on The Toast. It was this movie. It was a kind of like indie, um, and she wasn't the main character, it was about two people who fall in love but like live in different countries and like end up like not being able to be together because of like the green card and then they get their green card and they like end up hating each other and like he leaves her for a girl who's Jennifer Lawrence. What the fuck is that movie called? Like someone, someone knows what I'm talking about. I saw it in theaters. It was so fucking depressing. And that was the first yeah, time I ever at, saw Look at this. IMDb, your favorite. Okay. My favorite. Also, Joy. Don't forget. Don't joy. On joy. Did she win anything for Joy? I don't think she won. Like crazy. What, what year is that? 2011. Okay, like right before Hunger Games. Yeah, but she was like also not the main character. Got it. But that was the first time I saw her and she was like so beautiful. Yeah. No, I, I feel like if she, we were talking about this with Viola Davis, like everyone has a flop era. Um, no one is going to have like a perfect roster. I mean, look at Tom Hanks, okay? So if you have one movie that like you're embarrassed of and it wasn't even that bad, like you're fine. <laughs> Also, do you ever see Red Sparrow? Mm -mm. She plays like a a Russian ballerina turned spy. I feel like soon she's gonna do um, something in like the comic universe. Like that's she's an X Men. Oh, she is. She's Raven Mystique. She's so. Um, we literally wouldn't know. No, I know. If Ariana Grande did something in the comic. No, universe. No, if Taylor Swift like was Superwoman, I would have no idea. Right. 
you know. Which is crazy. 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 Crazy girl. Anyways, don't be so hard on yourself, Jennifer. I think Passengers is a fine movie. And the fact that like Chris Pratt is there to shoulder some of the burden. It's like, like a, it's not that embarrassing. It's like two good actors who obviously had chemistry, but it's a weird plot, sure. Yeah, no, I don't think it's that bad. Like that's your flop, you're fine. Yeah. I don't, like I didn't feel negatively towards it when I left watching it. I was like, fine. It was a movie that it, was just like a movie. Yeah, it didn't feel like a movie. real movie because yeah. it was literally only two people now that I think about it. Oh, that's weird. It's about a spaceship. They're going. Oh, is, is it room? It's, it's space room. Space room. Because it's a spaceship that's going to a new planet that's like all set up, gorgeous, everything, but it takes hundreds of years to get there. You so know, they're frozen in the spaceship. Like, so they're sleeping the right. whole hundred years. But her, his programming is fucked up and he wakes up early. He wakes oh, up miserable. Nine years and he's alone on the spaceship. So he wakes her up. And he woke her up. Oh, that actually sounds kind of good. And so they're like falling in love and, and they have the whole spaceship to themselves and it's really But do premium. they age on the spaceship? So they wind, they, the whole time they're trying to get back into it, but eventually they realize they can't and they live their rest of their lives on the spaceship. They die before it even gets to where it's going. Do they have food or anything? Yeah, everything is tricked out because... It was like, it's like the Titanic of spaceships. Just in case someone wakes up. No, and like, when they boarded, there was a bar, you know. Got it. It's, so they're good. How interesting. It actually sounds like I kind of want to see it. Yeah, I think I made it sound really good. The thing I actually really like about Jennifer Lawrence is she's not like, you know, a press girly. She doesn't have Instagram or anything. But like if there's something she wants you to know, like she'll, she says it. You know what I mean? She's like very, like you saw her 73 questions. Like what's the mis biggest misconception about you? She's like, well, I never fucked Harvey Weinstein. Oh, I didn't see that. She's extremely direct. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Love that. Didn't see that. When was that? Recently. She was on the, the September issue. Right, right, right. So they did 73 questions um, oh, in didn't New York. I see it. And I don't know. apartment? Sure. Oh, yeah. She lives here. Yeah, but it, it kind of also looked like she was like outside on the highway. I don't know. Um, she, I forget what the question was exactly, but it was something along the lines of like, what's something people think about you or like the biggest misconception? She was like that I fucked Harvey Weinstein. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I should watch that. Are you ready for our next story? I, I am. Luke Evans is weighing in on Hollywood's casting row and insists that the right person should get the job. He says, quote, I wouldn't have a career if gay people only played gay roles. Luke Evans has weighed in on the argument of whether only gay actors should play gay roles, saying he wouldn't have a career if that role was applied across the board. The actor, who is known for roles in The Hobbit, Beauty and the Beast, and Nine Perfect Strangers. Oh, woof, I forgot about that. <laughs> I never even finished that show, and I have no idea I how started the first episode, and once Nicole Kidman came out, I actually turned it off. I think it was 10 episodes, and I watched eight. And, like, and I still never asked anyone what happened, because I literally don't, don't care. care. Oh, my God, it was horrible. Yeah. Oh, I didn't expect to be taken back right now. I'm so sorry. that Are you triggered? I'm, <laughs> I'm triggered. No, I just wish I read the book because I think the book is really good. It's about a wellness retreat. Like, yeah, and you, when that movie, when the show came out, you were literally like on your wellness right, retreat. it started like right when I got back and people were like, don't read it before the retreat. It's going to like make you like crazy, so scared of everything and everyone. So I didn't. I was like, I'll wait for the show. Otherwise, I won't like the show if I read the book. Didn't like the show anyway. Anyways, back to Luke Evans. He said talent should be the top consideration for casting. Luke, who is gay, said he has only played gay characters twice in his career so far and would hardly have worked if actors were cast based on their sexual orientation. Speaking to the Daily Telegraph, the film star was asked about his thoughts on the Doctor Who showrunner Russell T. Davies saying only gay people should play gay parts. He replied, I'm not sure about that. Gay people have definitely missed out on gay roles for sure. Russell spoke very powerfully, passionately about this point. I get it and I totally totally think that things do need to change. But from my perspective, firstly, I wouldn't have had a career if gay people played gay roles and straight people played straight roles. I'd have played two roles out of the 36 projects that I've worked on or whatever that number is. It's like, yeah, who's counting? Uh, clearly you. <laughs> he said, it should be that the right person gets the job, talent and ability and a big, bit of luck and timing. That should be the reason why you get a job. It shouldn't have to do with anything else. So I feel like this conversation has been had for like a few years. Yes. And at first, like people were like, yeah, like, if you're gay, you should play gay. No, like if you're if the role is gay, it should be played by a gay actor. Um, and then like that kind of spiraled into like all different other like identities. Mm -hmm. And like then you know people were getting canceled for just simply questioning like well, well then what's the point of acting if we're all just playing roles that are like similar to who we identify as? Right. And we've had this conversation even when it comes to a fat person playing a fat person yes. or is a skinny person in a fat suit taking away the opportunity for someone else. And like at the core of this conversation, like I do agree with the motivation behind like 
there aren't, you know, you're more likely to get ahead in, in Hollywood if you're skinny and straight. Like, that's just what it is. Mm -hmm. So I get the motivation for, like, wanting to give more opportunities to gay actors, to plus-size actors, to trans actors. I get it. But at the core of this policy, you are literally, it's the antithesis of acting. Right. So that's what I struggle with. Because, like, I do believe, like, you know, there should be things in place that make it easier for everyone. It really should be, like, an equal playing field. And it's not. But I don't know if forcing gay actors to play gay roles, straight actors to play straight roles, trans actors to play trans roles, fat actors to play fat roles. I think that literally um, negates the point of being an actor. Yes. So I don't know what the right road course to take is. To, to make it like an even playing field for everyone and making sure everyone gets equal opportunity. But I don't think it's pigeonholing people to playing roles that they are, that are like so obvious. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. because if that was the case, like, then what, like, why couldn't a black actor play a role that has been played by a white person? You know what I mean? Like, right. then it's just like, everyone is so separate. It's like, it's like kind of going backwards. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. We were just talking about that in terms of food. Yes. And different cultures. Right. And I don't think it has to be all or nothing. I feel like there are cases where it's extremely clear. Like, remember a few years ago when they were saying that there was once a conversation that, like, Julia Roberts should play Harriet Tubman? <laughs> right. That's obviously not. Right. But I do think when, if if we go all in on, on this theory, like, eventually you get to a place where it's like, well, blonde people should play blonde people. Right. And redheads should play redheads. No, totally. And I also think, like, when it comes to this conversation like it's not equal in the sense that like for so long there was like this big brouhaha like if you're gonna play like a marginalized marginalized mm -hmm. character like it should be a marginalized person but that didn't apply to every group you know because right. uh and I know people are tired of me hearing talking about this but like when I found out Rachel Brosnahan was not Jewish like I lost my mind like she's such a good actress I thought she was Jewish good acting but also it's a show essentially about Jewish culture so it's like, well, if everyone is going to get the same treatment, then fine. But that's not the case. And I, I don't know. But also, like, Rachel Brosnahan clearly was the best woman for the role because she's incredible. And I thought she was Jewish because she's such a good actor. Right. And maybe this is an interesting, like, line to put it at. Like, Mrs. Maisel is not a real character, not a real person, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like when it's a fictional character, it doesn't bother me so much if it's a not a Jewish person. I, I don't, like elements of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but it was never because she wasn't Jewish. I felt like there was other 100%. issues with the show and the way they portrayed Jewish culture. So I feel like, but like with Joan Rivers, I was like, just gonna that, say that needs to be played by a Jewess. I so I feel like when it's a agree. real person, if it's something in history, Harriet Tubman. Right. Um, I mean, but Harriet Tubman is not even something we can say because you can't pretend to be black if you're not. Right. So, but I know what you're saying. But, so I think when it's a real person, it should be as true to the real story as I possible. Agree. I think when it's a fictional character. It's okay. Yeah, I need to think more about, and might not different. work for everything. Like, it's different for everyone because like, if there's a movie, a fictional movie with a main character who's trans, like that Jared Leto movie, which I heard he was in Crud Dallas. I think he plays someone who's like a cross-dresser, something. Um, is it Some, new Dallas? No, no. It's like a few years old. He won like the Oscar for it. Like, okay. And it was, and he was amazing. But the main character was like a, it's like a once in a, like Eddie Renbane. Yes. It's like a once in a lifetime opportunity for a trans person to be like the main character in a movie. So then I'm like, well, maybe. So I just, I really feel like it's case by case. Yeah. But I think this overarching blanket statement we put on it. Well, it's like, well, if you're not gay, you can't play it. I don't think that's fair. I think Luke Evans is right. Like the best person for the role should take the role. Yes. Get the role. Yes. So I don't, again, I'm just like talking through my thoughts. I don't have like a full like s statement on how I feel yet, you know? Yeah. And I think this is a conversation that a lot of people are having clearly, like Luke Evans is responding to someone else who has an opposing position. Like I think that everyone is kind of deciding For now. themselves. Yeah. And for themselves. Yeah. Also like just think like if that were the case, like who would have played Gaston? Because Gaston was as straight as they come. So true. And Josh Gad played... LeFou, Le who was gay. Right, so it's the, like the opposite. Maybe maybe Josh Gad would have been Gaston and Luke <laughs> Evans would have been LeFou. But I would say those wouldn't be the best men for Ca the Casting. No, they. it was... Beauty and the Beast was a perfectly cast movie. Start another list of perfectly cast movies. Beauty and the Beast, Hairspray. Okay, hold on. Hairspray is a perfectly cast movie. Perfectly. Cast movies. Mm -hmm. Hairspray? Beauty and the Beast. I'm sure there's more, but there I sleepover. 
Jane Lynch. I mean, she was incredible. Incredible. Even though, like, that's not the role I would have pegged her for. No, no. But that's the thing about Jane Lynch. She's incredibly diverse. Yeah. That is the thing. And she's the hardest working woman in Hollywood. After you. 100%. But I don't live in Hollywood, so. Are you ready for our next story? Mm-hmm. Kelsey Ballerini will co-host the 2023 CMT Music Awards, and Carrie Underwood is set to perform. So um, the 2023 CMT Awards should not be confused with the CMA Awards. Yeah, no, it's very confusing. Which are imminent. They should be like next week or something. It's November. CMA or T? CMA. Okay. CMT is April 2nd, 2023. So this is a little bit of a long lead time, but yeah. I appreciate the excitement. Um, country music fans get excited because a date has been set for the 2023 CMT Music Awards and a few exciting announcements have come with it. On Wednesday, CMT and CBS announced that the Fan Voted Awards show will take place on April 2nd. For the first time ever, the show will air live from the Moody Center in Austin, Texas. Moody's Point? That's Moody's where they're doing it from? Point. Cool. In addition, Kelsey Ballerini will return as CMT to host for her third consecutive year. She revealed during a surprise appearance at Carrie Underwood's show at the Moody Center on Wednesday. So Kelsey joined Carrie on stage unexpectedly to present her with a big belt mm-hmm. of sorts. And also to mention that Carrie is the most awarded CMT artist ever. I feel like, I still think it's so funny and weird how like in country music, like some of the biggest acts host the award show. It's like Drake hosting the Grammys. Like it's so weird. Yeah. But she's a really good host. I feel like that's well, and her. And they all are great. Like side it's, hustle. It's never been bad. Like they all do like a lot of hosting shit on the side. Like Kane Brown has done it. Brad Paisley, Carrie Underwood. Like I'm sure it's fun for them because they all do it like frequently. But I just think it's like such a funny, weird distinction between pop and country. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, But back to this. I saw the video of Kelsey Ballerini, like, surprising Carrie Underwood on stage. And, like, maybe it was just me, but, like, I felt like Carrie Underwood was, like, like, not happy to see Kelsey. Like, she was, like, giving her dirty looks and, like, I don't know. I just, like, felt weird vibes. Anyone else? Yeah. It was – I don't – I wonder if Carrie knew she was coming. I feel like if she didn't, it's, like, a little annoying – not of Kelsey to do, but of, you know, the powers that be. Like, right. in the middle of a show. Right, no, and it's like, we're timing everything. Like, I'm on, like, I'm on. I feel like Carrie had to have known. Totally. Now that you She did look, it. like, surprised, and she did look, like, annoyed. Yeah. That was, like, it was, like, kind of a weird video. <laughs> like, Kelsey was just, like, trying so hard to be, like, smiley and happy and, like, this is great. And Kelsey, Carrie was, like, giving her a dirty look. That's really awkward. I feel like in country, like, a lot of the girls, like, they stick together, you know? They, like, lift each other up. They're always, like hanging out and I feel like Carrie Underwood is like not a part of that no well I think I from I think there's like a young or country females like group chat mm-hmm. and Carrie Underwood wouldn't be in that no 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 but I was talking more about like the energy about like women in country like they're always like lifting each other up women yeah. in country women in country and I just I, I wouldn't like put Carrie in that boat well because like like Carrie and Miranda like they're on a different level. They're on a yacht somewhere else. Like, no, they're and by not the way, in this boat. But also, like, Carrie and Miranda, like, I don't think I've ever seen them, like, interact. Yeah, because they're country divas. They're country divas. No, and, like, I'm obsessed. And, like, we need our country divas. I, and I also, I love the group of country women supporting country mm-hmm. women, but there are some country women who, like, don't need to support and be supported. No, but also, like, maybe Miranda, and I'm just, like, putting words in people's mouth. I can't stress that enough. Maybe, like, Carrie and Miranda, like, like, wow, it's so nice for you girlies who right, get to do all this. Right, have this now. Right, because of us. No, and, like, we didn't have this. Right. So, like, have fun at your little GNO. I'm going to be on my yacht. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I don't think that they need to be there. I don't think that they should be there. I don't think that they want to be there. But it also gives me, like, Nashville vibes in the sense of, like, Juliet and... Raina Connie James. Britton. Because, you know, everyone's, like... The blonde hair, like Kelsey Ballerini, they've been saying forever she's like the next Carrie Underwood, the next Carrie Underwood. But Carrie Underwood is like not going anywhere. So maybe it's like a little Raina James vibe, you know? Yeah. No, Carrie's like at the top of her game. And she keeps getting topper and topper. And like, I mean, of course it would bother anyone to like be told like the usurper is here. Right. But it would bother me as a usurper to say that I'm the next someone. It's like, no, I'm the me now. No, I'm the first me. No one has ever gotten huge by being the, the next, next someone. someone. Yeah. No, people just draw that comparisons because it's like fairly, you know, blonde hair, like yeah, speckly boots. Yeah, I think it's insulting to both of them. I agree. No, and, and I've been saying this like all month. Like Kelsey Ballerini is like out here like doing the best and the most. Like her music is so good. She does not stop working. Um, I missed her tour because she was at Radio City and I was out of, I had a show in Long Island. But like I heard it was incredible. Like sure she, it was. she's really, she's. We uh, saw her last tour, the Heartbreak tour or the, the one where she performed in front of a big heart. Where did we see it? I think it was PlayStation Theater. I think it was like. 
in 2018. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I really wanted to go to this one. But, like, she's on her own as the first Kelsey Ballerini. She's doing just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, ready for our fifth and final story? The final story. It's the final story. Bruno, do you want your dinner now? Bruno knows the word dinner. He does. Whenever... Um, so he knows the word dinner. It's the only food word he knows. So if it's like breakfast and I want him to know he's eating, I'm like, we're not having dinner. That's funny. Or if like he, it, he, he knows treat too. But if I, if he was like running into traffic and I needed to turn him around, we're not having dinner. Me and our, our one is. I can't even say it. No, because of course. Because go. If I said it, you guys, you. Ha- I've seen it. Yeah. No, but Theo does the same thing. Yeah, of course. Because we do want to eat. Wanna he eat doesn't know it. Or want to treat. But it's not even about what we're saying. Because sometimes. It's the trope it's the trope because sometimes we'll, we'll say it like this want to eat <laughs> oh no oh no my sweet bird weave. but sometimes we'll be like Bidaboo! and he'll literally still get up because he knows it's the trope come here bruno oh my god that was come here oh my I'm god so sorry bruno lips. come hey, here do we have any t-r-e-a-t's no darn 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 well sorry bryce you'll be fine i'm sorry bruno oh you know i have some in in his leash okay so we'll get you we'll get you soon come here come on i've forgotten my auntie are you ready for our fifth and final story? It's one of our favorite subjects to talk about here at the Toast. Ourselves? You know what that is? Okay, second favorite. But the lottery. <gasps> yes. Winning Powerball numbers drawn. The jackpot has grown to one point five billion. But it's been drawn. Mm-hmm. Somebody got it. Did they say what state? Nobody won the jackpot, but some lucky players won two million and one million dollar prizes. Mm. So that means that it goes up again. Yeah. Yeah. Until. And so now it's at 1.5 billion. They drew it for 1.2 billion. Lottery players looking to get rich quick, like Claudia Ashray, were on the edge of their seats Wednesday night, as in, actually you weren't. No, I ended up not even getting the tickets, and I'm like so happy nobody won, because now I'll get. Well, maybe someone would have won if you got. The winning numbers were 2, 11, 22, 35, and 60, and the Powerball was 23. We should do a segment on this show where we announce the Powerball numbers. Like the for Powerball! For anyone who missed it. Okay, give me the numbers. And that way we can talk about the Powerball. We've got two. I feel like I'll be so good at that. Next up, 11. 22. Coming in, 22. 35. 35. 60. And 60. Those are your Powerball six. Good night, New York. Thanks, McClurdia. You're welcome. Uh, so nobody won yet. We're at 1.5 billion. Mm. Um May the odds be ever in your favor. This is your sign to go out and get a ticket. And by the way, um, like if a toaster wins, like exclusive interview on the toast, like don't get it twisted. I feel like I saw a headline this morning. It's all coming back to me. Maybe I saw it like in between snoozes um, of financial advisors warning you not to, if you win it, Mm -hmm. don't take the cash. Take Even the, though you should take the cash. Always. But they're saying. Because um, of inflation? It would so dramatically reduce Oh, risk of making poor investment decisions. That is true, too. Oh, yeah, but... And the gulf between cash and annuity options has become larger because inflation has prompted a rise in interest rates, which in turn results in potentially larger investment gains. Right. With annuities, the jackpot cash is essentially invested and then paid out to winners over three decades. Yeah, but what if the Powerball goes broke and they can't keep paying you? No, totally. And, um, look, if I won the lottery, I would definitely call J.G. Wentworth. Because I have an annuity and I need cash now. Call J.G. Wentworth, 877-CASH-NOW. Is that a regional commercial or national? I feel like, did you know that commercial? Yeah, and she grew up in California. Yeah, so. he's a national king. 100%. Like, J.G. Wentworth, like, is he single? <laughs> um, so, Eight, good seven, luck to everyone. Claudia, you should get a ticket. I and know, but like, I still, I mean, don't take my advice and then, like, don't blame me if you, like, win and take a cash and spend it all in a month. It's not your advice. It's the financial advisors. No, the financial advisors would say, leave it with the Powerball. No, but I don't I leave don't, money. No, 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 it would eventually be more. And yes, if the world were perfect, I would say yes. But like, what if the Powerball went bankrupt? No, and also like at some point, like how much money, like, okay, so let's say you cash out and it's 500 million, but then if you had left it in, it would have been 600 million. Like, I know it's like $100 million, but like you have enough money for like literally three lifetimes. No, it's true, plus like the risk. Right, no, I think you take it all, I, like... You say, I want my money now. now. That's what you would say when you walk into the Powerball office and say, would you like, you know. An annuity. I don't, like, and you say, 
I want my money now. And they would say, okay, do you want the lump sum or do you want your first payment now? Like, can you be a little more clear? I want my lump sum now. Okay, thank you, ma'am. There was no need to be so demanding or saying. The way that like Powerball is like not, so it's $1.5 million and like when you get rid of like taxes, the lump sum, it's literally $200 million. Like it's insane. The, yeah, the it's still a ton sum. of money, but it's so nefarious, like that lump sum thing. Like, yeah, why get my lump sum be the total price? now? Like, yeah, I want it all now. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so if you get a ticket and you win, um, you absolutely have to come on the toast. That's just like kind of a prerequisite. And I have so many questions. Always the the thing. I feel like we should. There are people who win lotteries every day, not like the billion dollar Powerball, but like we should have a threshold. Like, if you win more, if you've ever won more than fifty million dollars in the lottery. You should come on the toast. There's not a lot of people like that because I watch my lottery dream home and most of the people win max like $2 million. But usually it's like a couple hundred grand, which is awesome. Which is amazing and like life changing and you can, you know, pay off your house and and all those things. And I feel like we know what people would do with that money. But like if you won like life changing. Eight figures. You know, uh, lifestyle changing money. Eight figures. Great. We would love to hear from you. I agree. Totally. Um, well, that's our show. Those were the stories. Mm-hmm. You reading anything good? No, I haven't been reading. You didn't start your book? I didn't. I found out my book club is not on Monday. It's next Monday, so I have some time before I have to read. Your book looks really good. Do you want to tell everyone about it for your It's book called club? Woman on Fire, and it's something about art. I don't know much about it. Art and Nazis. Oh, now it's reminding me that you did talk about it, because then I told you it reminds me of the movie Woman in Gold with Helen Mirren. And, and that's where Robert Kraft got married. Right. We did talk about this. Gustav Klempt. And if you're not interested in reading the book about it, you should watch the movie. It's an amazing movie. Ryan Reynolds is in it. Everyone mm, loves him. Love. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. I guess so. Helen Mirren plays a Jewess in the movie. Helen Mirren, I I claim her we, as a Jew. Like, she's so Jewish. And it really just depends person to person. Do I like you? I agree. Like, if you're... And even if it's a Jewish person playing a Jewish person, the first, like, the actress... Like, do I hate like, you? Do I still hate you? 100%. It's a bad casting. Oh, 100%. Are you hateable? Right. Gotta go. Do we claim you? Nah. So that's our show. Thank you so much for listening to The Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere. Podcasts can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, IR Radio, Castbox, all the places where you listen to podcasts. Find us, The Morning Toast. Leave a five-star review about how wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have an incredible day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Redheads will be up very soon. Please don't riot on the redheads.